about technical. Do we? Are we not supposed to? We're not supposed to say like the last couple when we're counting down. When it's a countdown to the new year, you can say it. When it's a countdown to the podcast, you can hear the si- celebratory this, sirens going off. This has yeah. We're we're recording this live. Near New Year's, near New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's. Yeah, in geological terms, we are right on top of New Year's Eve 2012-2013. Slash. Welcome to the Shaky Town Radio Hour 2013. Woo! I am Brody Foster Hubbard. I am Gene George. I'm Libby Ward. And Happy New Year and Happy Podcast. Uh, Oh, and... uh, (laughs) Did you just say, I wish people happy (laughs) podcast. Happy podcast in their own podcasting endeavors, or happy enjoy (laughs) this podcast Uh, that they're presumably listening to. Uh, Bob Schreiner has escaped the clutches of California for uh, the meantime. We'll be hearing from him again in a few weeks. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say the mean streets of Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> no, he hasn't escaped those. He's been pulled back into those. Uh, well, they keep yes. pulling it back. Uh, but he'll, he'll be back here soon. And uh, in the meantime, Libby, why don't you introduce our guests? I brought today my amazing magical roommate, no relation, Joel Ward. Hello. Hello, no relation, Joel Ward. Hi, I'm no relation, that Joel Ward. That must look awkward on Marquise. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's really odd. And actually, I'm going to let Joel Ward introduce his guest. Um, I brought my uh, very talented uh, girlfriend, um, amazing personality, uh, New York City uh, grad student at Columbia, uh, Allison Minnick. Hi. Thank you for joining us, Allison. <laughs> just you. because he mentioned her amazing personality, which is true. She's also wicked hot. So just oh. for all of you listeners. Is she wicked hot? Yeah. She's wicked hot. You can't see me. And she has a great personality. Wicked hot. <laughs> now, <laughs> Allison, you didn't bring a guest. Do you, I didn't. Do you feel like inadequate? I left out. Okay. Yeah, I missed the memo. Yeah. Next time. Next time. I'll somebody. The nesting dolls have to end at some point. Yeah, you you can't keep going. With <laughs> no, you Russian keep going. dolls. Those, those <laughs> always go. Yeah. Yeah. But she they did fly going. all the way from the East Coast just to do the Shake Town Radio Hour. I did. With us. That's true. It cost that, she's flying back tomorrow. That is a waste right. of money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go out on the on the public record and say, man, you could spend. She's money come, come farther to us than I think any guest, right? Yeah, because uh, JP's from Chicago. That's yeah, halfway across the country. Yeah, JP's calling. <laughs> yeah. Ryan McKee came from New York. That's true. Mm. Uh, Which borough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm on the main island. Okay. Yeah. She's in Harlem. In Harlem. I'm in Harlem. And Is that farther <laughs> from here than Brooklyn? It's a little more north. Okay, you so win. Yeah, you win. Congratulations. Perfect. Thanks. Do I get a star? What, what train did you take yeah. to get here? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I miss that thing I miss the most about New York is stand clear of the closing doors, please. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't make it that far lately. I don't know if you've been reading. Really? Oh, it's awful. Yeah. What? There's what? a rash of subway shovings. I'm serious. Dude, there's always shoving on the subway. You mean the shoving people out of the New Yeah. Well, Allison and I were in um, London over the summer, and um, in London, uh, they say, what is it? Please mind the gap. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. Please mind the gap. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think I've seen posters to that effect, too, right? Gap. Keep yeah. calm and mind you the gap. You my t-shirts yeah. with the red. Yeah, underground. Yeah, underground symbol. Yes. Do they still have people living down there from the Blitz? Who don't oh. know it's the war's not over? <laughs> Wait, that would be awesome. Wait, the war is over? 
Tell yeah. me about this. Didn't you see? No. John Lennon wore his over if you want. I, totally missed I was completely too. surprised, actually. <laughs> Speaking of, of London, um, when I, it was my first time to London, mm-hmm. and I thought it was going to be a black and white city. You know, everyone was going to be in black and white, and I thought everyone would just have really bad teeth, and people would be like, <laughs> do you have any bread? Right? But it wasn't like that at all. It was like a really steward? modern city. So and like like it was colored. Yeah. Right, right, it was, right. you know. Yeah. It was clean. weird. It was clean. Yeah, there's a queen there. You mean Queen of England? Because I, I, not making a joke, thought you were talking about they have the band the Queen. Oh, <laughs> well, they do. They do. They, that is Bohemian a little bit. Yeah, it is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, there's, but you're talking there's about, both. Yeah. You're talking about the the, the actual the Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. which one was named after which one? Hmm. Did Freddie oh, they're totally Mer- they're, well, they're totally Did Freddie Mercury name his band after the Queen, or did she assume her title because she was such a big fan? And, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say that they were they're both named after Queen Elizabeth the yeah. first. Okay. okay. Chicken yeah. or the egg? Though. Yeah. Chicken eggs. Chicken eggs. There was a, there was a something. There was a pro- really? there was wow. an egg that came from a proto chicken that was then a chicken. That's the answer to the chicken versus egg. Mm. Just just putting that out there. Good talk, guys. Good talk. <laughs> speaking of eggs, speaking of round objects, yeah, this will segue into a little bit about what Joel does. What? Uh, <laughs> I promise. Wow. This is so clever. I, I swear. It's a transition. To... Let him do his job. Um, do his job ready. So you heard our last uh, episode. You must have heard our last episode, uh, our, our holiday special, and that was recorded at Studio C. Um, the which Ward household. It happens to be the Ward household. Uh, I show up and there's tennis balls everywhere. Oh yeah, everywhere. That's right. Why is there tennis balls everywhere? Well, um, I'm really, really into tennis. Okay. Uh, no, actually, um, I'm a magician. I do magic tricks. Prestidigitation. Prestidigitation. Yeah. Legend domain. Prestidigitator. Prestidigitator. I'm a prestidigitator. Um, so yeah, so I'm a magician, and I use um, a fresh can of tennis balls in every show. So I have just extra tennis balls. Like, that that explains that. why there's also 45 golden retrievers in the house. <laughs> <laughs> And the floors are slick with slobber. In addition to my two cats and Joel's 11 doves. That's right. I got tons of doves and tennis balls and decks of how many, how many doves have you? How many doves have you accidentally killed in the process? Of I've never killed a dove. Um, actually, uh, my oldest dove is 20 years old. Holy moly. I started doing magic when I was six, and I saw that dove today. So, Holy um, moly. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Where do you I find it was walkers? Just gonna be a phase. Where do you, you find walkers? I, you know, I don't know. I'm looking for like a. Ret- I need like a retirement home for the birds because right. she's like bald and old and frail and not <laughs> in the show anymore. But I think know, that is, she complains she's still, about her health all the time. I think you could I think you could trot that dove out for like a Halloween show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's offering everyone Werther's. She's crazy. You know, it's awful. Joel, the opening a new. Does the trick require you to open a new thing every, or is it like a superstitious thing for you? No, the trick is um, someone signs a tennis ball and then mm-hmm. it disappears and then ends up inside a sealed brand new tube of tennis Got balls. Got it. Okay. So it's like a, a dis like disappearance transformation into an impossible location. 
Very that was nice. like some magic terminology. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a fan of the Ricky J. So. I oh, Ricky J. Awesome. I know the yeah. exact kind of thing. I love yeah. Ricky J. That's awesome. Huge fan of him. Yeah. Those Reminding uh, the folks at home who might not know uh, oh, Ricky, Ricky or J. might not know that they know Ricky J. Oh yeah. Ricky, really, everyone, probably everyone listening to this podcast has seen Ricky J. But he's a he's a, magi- a magician and actor. He's he's in um, Boogie Nights. Yeah, he's in Boogie Nights. Boogie he's, Nights. He, oh, he, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> David Mamet is is likes to use him. In yeah. Things. Yeah. They're good um, friends. He yeah. was in Deadwood. That's what I was thinking um, as, of. As the, croup, as the croupier. Yeah. I think his name is Eddie or something or other. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. he's also a fantastic magician. He's, a, he's and an amazing he, And he does a touring show called Ricky J and his 52 Assistants. Yeah. And that's like him and his deck of cards. Yeah. Nice. And um, yeah, he's awesome. He does like crazy card manipulation stuff. And, and he also wrote that book, Cards as Weapons. Um, yeah, he's really good at throwing cards. cards. It's like yeah. ninja stars. Yeah. 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 So he's kind of awesome. So he's kind of a ninja too. Yeah. So you, as uh, a six-year-old magician or magic aficionado, who, who are some of maybe uh, uh, more more of your role models? Like, um, who caught you onto this? Well, growing up, um, I saw a magician when I was in elementary school. It's like a typical story, you know. A magician picked me for a trick called the linking rings, and um, he told me that if they were going to link together, then I was. A magician and they did and I believed him and went home and told my parents I gotta help the musician out I um <laughs> I, I said musician because I didn't know how to say magician yeah. so so they they kind of um my parents were really like instrumental in like helping me like you know kind of you know explore different magic camps and um seminars and um conventions and different brotherhoods and stuff so <clears throat> I, I would say like growing up though I would like watch David Copperfield on TV yeah and I was like oh my god David Copperfield is so cool he's like you know, prancing around the stage with like you know fans blowing on him and sexy yeah. girls. Yeah, leisure seat. Yeah, I was like, I was like, whoa, this is amazing! I want to be a magician. I actually don't know. You're very young looking. I don't know how old you are. Are you old enough to have watched the the Statue of Liberty trick live? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was. Um, I'm 29, so um, I think that was what early 90s when you did that. Was it? Let's find let's out. Let's yeah, go, let's go to the uh, this mirror. Maybe. Wow. Are we gonna do a podcast on Google? We can. Smart, right? <laughs> Because uh, I remember growing up, all those Bill Bixby specials. Oh, Bill Bixby. Yeah. Bill those, Bixby is the magician. Those, and, he well, was awesome. And, they, and then yeah. they did those, those little a variety mm-hmm. specials with different Well, Bill Bixby is magician. was like, I think it was in the 70s, right? Yeah. And uh, he would like drive. The favorite, my favorite thing about him is um, this TV show is he would drive out of his airplane in his like Corvette. And then he would go like fight crime, <laughs> like all magicians yeah. do. Right. Right. I think it's like it's like community yeah, service. Don't they make you in order to right. get into the mm-hmm. union? You yeah. gotta like it's like oh dude, I gotta go out you fight crime. Matt Locker MacGyver for this. You know. can, hey, yeah. can you can you take my shift fighting crime? I gotta do a kids party in Encino. I don't have time for this. Kids party in Encino. That sounds so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be there. Well, Joel's too big time now for for kids parties. He was just in Macau. Macau, yes, that's right. Um, Aren't those the parents? Doing, doing kids' parties in Macau. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty cool. It was my first trip out to China. Um, so I flew into Macau and uh, did some shows at a festival out there. And um, I went over to Hong Kong for a few days to check that out. And it was pretty cool. Yeah, the um, I, I thought the... Um, I've been to Asia before. I performed in Japan and Korea. Um, and I was a little concerned because I heard uh, the Chinese audience might be like a little different like Mm -hmm. japan audiences are very like reserved and conservative but very appreciative yeah but the chinese audience in macau was like they were awesome they were so into it and they could speak english really well so 
you know, I said like a few, you know, a few phrases here and there in, mm -hmm. in Chinese, but um, for the most part... <laughs> I'll have the number seven with <laughs> the um, but they were really cool. They were awesome. They were a great audience. I had a really good time out there. I didn't realize that David Copperfield almost died doing an escape. Oh, goodness. What, what year was the Statue of Liberty during? I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Um, My friend actually developed that trick. Yeah. Cool. Um, this magician inventor named Jim Steinmeier. That's the part that, that's is the it, part of magic. job magician inventor? Yeah, this guy, he, he is like, invents magic for all, like, all the top magicians. Like, Everything like all of David Copperfield's like main big stunts was like. Does he this, perform? This is the too? guy behind. Or he's just an inventor. He performs sometimes for like history conferences and stuff uh -huh. when he's like talking about a trick, but he's not a performer. That's that's the thing yeah. that I think magic and comedy have in common is that no one kind of realizes the amount of work behind the scenes that go on, like yeah. writing an act or doing, you know, gags and figuring out how things just, just how physically things work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Allison and I were just talking about that, um, over, over lunch, um, about like, yeah, just like how some, some things are like, take so much time to set up mm -hmm. and like, they're mm -hmm. so complicated and like the rubber band has to be in the right position with like the right amount of gaffer's tape. Right. And if it's not, then the match won't light or right, the right. bird won't appear, you know? Right. So it's just, it's so weird, you know? But uh, 1983. 1983. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, that was 83. Yeah. That was the year I was born. Yeah. Wow. So you might have seen the year I was born, the Statue of Liberty disappeared. <gasps> oh my gosh. What? It was Is there a connection? Destiny. Yeah, I think so. So you had done the you know school assembly. You looked into camps. A couple of years later, you're doing shows. Yeah, you're like ten years old doing shows. Yeah, I started doing birthday parties. Um, when and I was it was to say this is all in Cardiff in the uh, Cardiff by the Sea. Yeah, down in San Diego. It's like a North County suburb of San Diego. So it's like a little beach town north of La Jolla. So yeah, so I started doing birthday parties. Um, build myself as the kids' kids show magician. I bought myself a tuxedo for like fifty bucks at a swap meet. Nice. I think my parents floated me the cash for that. And then I paid them back, you know, by doing these kid shows. I started at like ten bucks a pop, and then mm -hmm. fifteen, and then twenty five bucks, nice. and then went up in like twenty five dollar increments. That's like so, better than mowing lawns, man. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I'm up to like fifty bucks now. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, you know you're not getting paid for this, right? Uh, <laughs> There's no budget for that, right? It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so birthday parties were kind of like the start, you know. And I would do um, in high school. I started doing. Uh, magic at restaurants so I do like card tricks and sleight of hand magic from table to table while people are waiting for their meals right right and then um, from there I would get like a lot of outside private parties and corporate events and kind of just started growing things from there did you know someone who worked at these restaurants or are you just like no I, I went in and, yeah, and they're like we're sorry you can't do magic here in our establishment <laughs> <laughs> no I approached the restaurants my first restaurant I ever worked was Red Robin mm -hmm. so my idea was I'll have lunch there and then I'll pull over like the general manager or whoever is in charge and then I did a few tricks mm -hmm. and I said hey um, can I come in on Friday night I'll show you what I do um, you don't have to pay me this first time you know I just want to show you like how I can interact and like help your guests like while they're waiting for their meals and um, so he was really into it and he was like yeah why don't you why don't you start and then we worked out a you know a financial agreement awesome. and cool good job bam bootstrappy yeah bam bam, bam. by the time you're 15 you have you have two big things happen that same year you are declared world champion 
And no, I want to. I do want to hear about that. I want to explain being a world champion. What did that you means. read my bio website? Brody does the research. I don't. What Brody? Oh, so impressed. And um, you also meet a name that I know because you can't forget it. The rest of this podcast will be me no. laughing. If, if you've been to Vegas, you know that you will remember the name Lance Burton. Oh, TV's Lance Burton. So Lance it, Burton, master magician. Explain, explain these two things. Okay, so fifteen, I started competing in magic contests. My very first contest was the International Brotherhood of Magicians, which is like the world's largest magic fraternal organization, and I went in to compete for my very first time. Um, me and my other buddy went to compete um, in Little Rock, Arkansas. So um, I did like an act with birds and I didn't expect to win or anything, but I was just like, oh, I'm going to go and it's going to be a lot of fun. It gave me like a deadline to kind of hone this act and like get it up to par. And I ended up winning, um, which was really cool. So then um, Lance Burton, magician in Vegas, mm-hmm. um, was looking for magicians to put on his TV show for a, um, a whole show that he wanted devoted to like young magicians. So he called me up one day and I thought it was my friend because I had a friend who did a really good impression. He's like, <laughs> he's like, hey folks, this is Lance Burton over in Las Vegas. He has this like thick Southern you know, accent, <laughs> accent from Kentucky. I was like, oh, shut up. You know, I was like, hey buddy, how you doing? He's like, no, he's like, really no this is Lance Burton um, from Las Vegas. Uh-huh. And, uh, I just, uh, I, I hear you on the International Brotherhood of Magicians, and I want to put you on my, my TV show. And I was just like, what the? Like, my <laughs> hero is calling me, and I get to work with him. So it was really cool. He flew me out to Vegas, and it was like my first TV show. And Is that the, the awesome YouTube clip? That's uh, Yeah. I went searching the other day, like, to show my, my friends a second studio. I was like, oh, yeah, let's, let's watch some of my roommates' magic. And the first clip that came up was Joel at, like, 15 or 16 doing his dub act and he looks exactly the same (laughs) as he does now. Because he's a magician and he uses the dog on like like Lance Burton, man. That guy has aged. Um, Awesome. Yeah, so YouTube Joel Ward and look look for young Joel Ward performing on this awesome show. Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) I was like, I had like the the week of my life like working with him on his stage. They built his like this custom stage for him at the Monte Carlo in Las Vegas. And I got to, like, run around that thing, and, like, it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. I got to work you, with him personally and some of his, like, mentors and stuff. Were you already part of the uh, Magic Castles Juniors program? Um, I had just joined at okay. that at that um, time. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of joining the Magic Castle Junior program, which is, like, um, a program through the Magic Castle here in Hollywood. For folks at home, the Magic yeah. Castle, it's, it's, a, it's an organization of magicians dedicated to pr- promoting magic and also uh, the history of magic. And um, yeah. magicians, professional, amateur, and historians of magic and magic tricks. Yeah, it's been around for, for about 50 years now. It's only yeah. 50 years. It feels like it's been, well, I mean, yeah. it's been around as long as I've been alive, but um, it feels like it's been around, one of those organizations that's been around like forever. Yeah, and it's, um, it's tucked into the Hollywood Hills, and it's, um, it's basically like an academy of magical arts, and it um, has different lectures and one of the largest magic libraries in the country, and um, it's a really cool place because... As a junior magician, I started going up there when I was 15, and I was able to study with some of the, the best magicians in the world. 
and um, also once a year, the junior program, the best, of the, the best of the juniors, get to perform at the Magic Castle on the stage. So I was able to start performing there when I was fifteen, which is pretty cool. So yeah, which is also when you realize that chicks dig magic. Oh, <laughs> hey, chicks dig magic. Right. Oh. I don't know. Some chicks do. Some chicks don't. <laughs> Allison, it's kind of a dig g- it. <laughs> don't dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Good right. answer, me. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just really have you have a tennis ball and dove fish. So, <laughs> so really, let's. Into dubs and tennis balls. <laughs> so it's really not Joel. It's just our house. Right. Pretty much. Pretty yeah, much. It's, a dream. it's just convenient. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Didn't the prince use uh, doves and tennis balls in that uh, video for when doves cry? Right. Winter tennis balls? Probably not. Doves carrying tennis balls? In their hobbies. Clump, clump, clump. But you use doves a lot for a lot of your act. What uh, what inspired you to start using doves and, and or keep using doves? Well, I got doves early on. I think I was eight or nine when I first got my first dove. Um, my dad thought I was crazy. We got it. We got this bird, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna train this thing to fly back to me." He's like, "Yeah, right, son. Like, you're absolutely out of your mind." And then I did. And he was like, "What the hell?" Um, so then I, uh, yeah, we built like a bill cage in the backyard, like a little aviary, and I started breeding them and had a whole bunch of them. And I didn't think they would live for 20 years. I still yeah. have <laughs> my oldest bird yeah. today. It's still alive, so I'm like... I didn't know they lived for 20 years. Yeah. They probably don't live for 20 years unless you take really good care of them. I guess so. Maybe it was like the strict diet and like, you know, only eating so much. Did you initially <laughs> think you wanted to use doves in your act just because you were like, I need a pet? Or did one of your mentors do a dove act? Or um, I saw a magician on TV. It was like mm-hmm. a TV show on, I think it was NBC, called The World's Greatest Magicians. And there was a magician uh, by the name of Greg Fruin who did this bird act. Mm-hmm. And it was the most amazing thing. I, I It's still one of my favorite acts to watch. And um, he would dye all his doves uh, yellow and green. So they looked like these like parrots or parakeets that were kind of oversized. So I had no idea what kind of birds they were. What the hell? <laughs> they would just appear and they would fly back to them. And they would like, it was crazy awesome. So I finally found out they were doves. So I, I was like, I have to get a dove. Have to get it done. But what you really want now is penguins. Oh mm. yeah. Yeah. Penguins are amazing. Tell your doves. T- tell everybody about your amazing penguin plan and your your scheme to. Uh, well, I'm not going to divulge this until It sounds like something that might not win, 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 yeah. win going over the public airway. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no schemes here. Um, <laughs> No, Joel and I never scheme, either no. either separately nor in tandem. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop steepling your fingers. If I had a beard, I'd be stroking it. Um, we can all stroke birdies. We can wait. There's enough of us that we can hold you down. Uh, yeah. but there's, there's one guy who owns penguins as pets, right? Well, yeah, so I've, I've always liked penguins. I used to be the magician at SeaWorld in San Diego, and I would, like, on my little, you know, breaks from doing card tricks, I would go hang out at the penguin exhibit, and I was like, yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I just have this great fascination with penguins. I think they're super cute, and I think it would be really cool to, like, have one waddle out on stage and use it as a sidekick. It's, like, kind of like a run-on gag, like, throughout the whole show. It needs to put something in a top hat. 
Yeah. Dressed in a tuxedo. They come Just, like that. Yeah, yeah they're already dressed in a tux. It's already It'd be on. perfect. Yep. So, so, there's, so, so there's other people that own penguins, like Wayne Newton in Las Vegas. He has penguins. Right. If Wayne Newton why, had penguins, why, would, why can't did, I? No, I, I don't know about that. I don't know I about know. that. It's Wayne Newton. The bar is pretty high. So yes. I'm pretty much like, you know, I know, but he calls true. up the government. It's like, do you have any penguins? It's <laughs> like, sure. Was that your Wayne Newton question? Yeah. Hi. It's a Mr. Vegas, Wayne Newton. <laughs> so more importantly, okay. because of course Wayne Newton listens I, I grew up in Vegas, so. to the Shaky Town Radio Hour religiously. Right, of course, so of course. Wayne Newton, if you're out there, I would love to play with your penguins. Ooh! Whoa! I know. Oh, the <laughs> I don't know though, you know, because like the like the little penguins uh, would be cute, but man, those big penguins are kind of creepy. Well, you can't, you can't. I know. Those those are like the king penguins. I know. The, the ones I want are called Magellanic penguins, <laughs> and they're um, uh, they can live in like a climate right. of like uh, yeah. Southern California, more, more temperate, right? So isn't there, isn't there a kind called emperor penguin, or am I thinking of some kind? No, of you're, you're right. Or something. <laughs> but they're they live in like colder. Yeah, climates. they're also yeah. related to the monarch of England and the band. That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Queen Victoria, <laughs> Queen Victoria was part emperor penguin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That explains why there was a lot of German used at court. For penguins on speech. <laughs> Just saying. So I now you just got uh, back from, or when was this the, this tour that you were on with um, with uh, I'm going to say Barnum and Bailey? Oh yeah, that was that years. That was a couple years ago. They, they, yeah, they consolidated like a hundred million years ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, Get your I, circus I did that straight. Uh, a couple years ago, I got a call, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to like, uh, you know, join the tail end of this tour um, and do like six weeks on the road with us?" And I, it was like January, like for me, like January is like a time when business kind of slows down. It's after the holidays and stuff. So yeah. I was like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah, that sounds kind of fun. Plus the birds um, get kind of sluggish. Yeah. <laughs> so I flew out to Florida and just kind of joined this tour and we, we toured sports arenas. So I got to say I was in the circus. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So we, we toured the East Coast and then Puerto Rico. And after six weeks, I went home and it was That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. It what was they like, didn't tell him was that he was hired to be part of the freak show. Oh, we had your own birds, so you could uh, to do geek, just do geek ass. Yeah, no, it was kind of cool though, like being part of the circus because I had no idea what to expect. But this was like um, it was the gold unit, and it was like a European uh, st- styled circus. So it was everything was in one ring, and all the acts were like really polished. You know, there was like um, an aerialist and like a crossbow act, and I did some illusions. And um, it was like a really tight, fun show. It was awesome, and um, it's just like a whole. It's a whole like they they smelled me out though. They were like, they were like, you're not circus, are you? <laughs> <laughs> These people are born in oh, yeah. like, like yeah, generations yeah, yeah. and generations. Yeah, so they, they knew I wasn't from around. Well, carnies carnies are like the stunted. Yeah, I mostly just wanted to people. say the word is all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Circus spoke so carnies. Would you would they yell, <laughs> would you find them yelling kayfabe a lot when you start walking up? Kayfabe? Kayfabe, that's the code word. Uh, I don't know that. I didn't one. know that. Yeah, that's, it goes no. back to like old, old wrestling. Which, which by the way, uh, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circuses merged in 1919. So only about 100 years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't have my, Just my, so. my 1919 right. business journal you know, periodical. <laughs> you don't have your, your, your Circus and Shide Show Almanac? No, yeah. sorry. 1919, sorry. 1920 edition? You should be an app for that. <laughs> there should be, thank you. Yeah. I think that's one of our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, but if if you, uh, I think it was also carnival, but I know for wrestling for sure, um, 
outsiders would walk up. Kayfabe was like the code word that like, hey, there's outsiders. And so. Uh, well, hey, I know Hey Rube is the, uh, there's a fight start and everybody rally at me. So yeah. <laughs> if one of the, you know, one of the circus folk or carny folk or yeah. getting into a scuffle, yeah, Hey Rube and everybody drops what they're doing oh, to go kick some. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We, we got to have a signal yeah. like that. Good that should be our signal. That should yeah. be our, our shaking yeah. time. I so think we magicians to... need something like guard tricks and then everyone runs <laughs> in and throws ninja stars as, you know, yeah. Yeah. Right. Jay comes out of the woodwork. There you go. Right, he, yeah. appears. He, appears, he appears where he's needed. <laughs> awesome. And then wanders off. My work here yeah. is done. <laughs> kind of like uh, the nationwide on your side thing. Nationwide. Is that nationwide or is that uh, farmers? No, it's nationwide. Ah, who cares? I don't know. Progressive has. All uh, I know is that progressive always makes me think of Jimmy Pardo. <laughs> always makes me think of uh, of Stephanie Courtney. Who makes me think of Jimmy Pardo? Thinking of Stephanie Courtney. <laughs> okay. What do, you, what do you got there, Stephanie Courtney? A lot of eye makeup. Um, it's good to see you're getting work. That's that's a lot of money. She's making a shit ton. Oh of money. yeah. Good for her. Congratulations. Just saying. Now, Allison, at what point do you and Joel, your paths cross? <laughs> um, was uh, it magic? It was oh. magic. It really was. Um, uh, let's see. We met uh, last summer. Um, and yeah, we have a mutual friend, um, a girl I went to college with, undergrad. Um, we did theater together and we've just been friends over the years. And then um, he knows her from like what 10 years from when he yeah. was 18 or something like yeah, that Yeah, down in san diego we kind of both grew up in north county mm-hmm. um so yeah we both just got invited to a, a party get together thing and and we hit it off and down down in san diego area yeah. is where we met cool. yeah all parties and get togethers are hosted in the san diego oh absolutely they all turn out really well that's <laughs> true now you but did you grow up on the east coast um, no, I'm from uh, the Bay Area in, in California. Okay. Um, I was born in Berkeley, um, and I kind of grew up up and down the coast. I, I was born and raised in um, a small town near Berkeley, um, and then but I have a lot of family in Southern California, so yeah. on breaks and holidays, I would always come down here. So this feels like home to um, both L.A. and San Diego area. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then I went to... Um, UC Davis up in Northern California for undergrad and then um, when I graduated there I went straight into grad school for acting um, in New York at Columbia and so yeah that was that was my first time um, living outside of California I've always been a well I did a you're back yeah exactly okay. I started abroad in London once for theater but um, <laughs> this is my first Joel time the word was like hostel so yeah so I've been this is my third year that I've been um, going to school in New York and that's when I moved there so Very yeah cool. and you're you're, yeah, you're, at, you're in a performance right now of um which play? Oh, Macbeth. Macbeth. Yeah. Are we not um, supposed to say that? Yeah. Oh shoot! I, I stopped long enough to die. I have to say it. Don't Macbeth. listen to the, the Scottish play. Like, Make the actress say it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's playing Lady Macbeth. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What? You can Amazing. say um, Big Mac or Mackers or Scottish play. Uh, <laughs> I could say, you know what? I could say, if I was in a production of Macbeth, I would say Macbeth, and if anybody wanted to take me to ask for it, I would just kick it out. <laughs> just take him out. Totally take him out. Yeah. I actually have a, a real attachment to that play because when I was, I did like little thing plays when I was first grade, second grade, like 
They did make Yes. We did mostly the histories. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, but, but sixth grade was my first serious, like, acting play. <laughs> As opposed to, like, playing a gumdrop or a, you know, whatever. <laughs> Wait, were you a gumdrop in I was. Bed? I was a big... <laughs> Candyland, the musical. Yeah. <laughs> I play, well, here's the thing that happened. I got, <laughs> okay. I, I, I got cast as the first murderer, who is, um... They murder Banquo. Yeah. So, spoiler. Well, what? Oh, no. Spoiler, I was totally going to watch Macbeth. But also, <laughs> also, the kid who was supposed to kind of be, I don't know, the narrator kind of introduced, like, the, the pre-play talent, you know? Like, there's, like, a little mm. dance and people doing Scarborough Fair and stuff. So oh, he wow. gets suspended, and, like, everybody else already has parts, and my part wait a minute, is wait a minute. just... Are you talking about reality or the play? What's that? Are you talking about reality? He got suspended in reality, or in this version of the Shakespeare play, he got suspended? No, no, no. For, for real, God. he had to go to rehab or whatever. <laughs> and so it's like, well, can you also do? He swears up. Can can you also be like the the narrator, like the host of the play? So I'm like the first murderer, and also the host what? of the play. Did you wear a fake oh, mustache? So it felt like this weird kind of version of Big Beth, where it's like from the point of view. Of, <laughs> Of the murderer, like yes, let me tell you, you know, it'd be kind of like doing a Batman thing from the perspective of one of Joker's thugs, you know, right? Which they have actually done that. Well, yeah, that's like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern's day. That's exactly yes. Wow, you're very progressive for a sixth grade thespian. Well done. Thank you. So I love Macbeth. It's still my favorite Shakespeare. I think. I think. Although, yeah, me too. Yeah. And so you're getting to be the lady. The, la- the lady. lady. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Lady Macbeth. Yes. <laughs> I think that was implied. It, it was implicit. I made it explicit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you could be Lady Banquo. Wasn't there a Lady Banquo as well? Um, there's Lady Macduff. Macduff is mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of. I've been saying Leon actually... Macduff a lot lately. Oh, I also choreographed the, the sword fight. Yeah. I forgot yeah. that part too. Wow. Not to brag, but I did choreograph all the sword right, fights. All right, just, just correct yourself for everything, right? So good. He rewrote, he wrote, he rewrote some of the play. Yeah. Well, Shakespeare was a little clunky. <laughs> no, makes it a little... I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, for some reason, yeah, the, the first murderer, like, runs off with Lady Macbeth. It's murdering, and, murder, uh, murdering Murderstein, I think. Is yes. I was just in... Becomes uh, king. I was in New York watching um, Allison for her, for her thesis last semester, and it was um, uh, Joan of Arc, and um, it was a really kind of cool... You know, Joan of Arc. Um, what, what was it? it was called? Joan of Arc. Uh, Voices in the Fire. Voices in the Fire. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. And kind of the reason why it was called that, there's a lot of meanings to that. Is that well, Joan of Arc heard voices, of course, mm-hmm. and then also our director was, or we had two directors, but one of them was um, Kristen Linklater, and she's world known as being one of the top voice teachers. Um, oh. And so we we've our voice training at Columbia is is with her, and so she was directing so voices, um, and then also it was a very ensemble based piece. Um, so it was a lot of different people coming together to tell the story, and there were ten women, the ten actresses in my class who played Joan of Arc. So it was like all these different female voices coming together to portray this really complex, um, amazing woman. So yeah, so yeah, so that was the title. It was. Um, it was created by us. It was a totally devised piece. Um, so we used um, some text from from Shakespeare, from Ennui, and um, George Bernard Shaw, and um, we wrote some of our own material. And there was music incorporated and stuff. And 
um, yeah, so it was it was pretty exciting. That's yeah, awesome. it was epic. It was awesome. Bill Murray came one night to check it out. <laughs> yeah, Bill Murray, that's awesome. He tends to do that. He doesn't. <clears throat> he just shows he up, right? Up. He just pops yeah. up yeah, at parties all over the world. He pops up on text messages on. Christmas Day, I got a text from him. It was like Murray Christmas, and it's a picture of Bill Murray, and he like has his top off and he's posing. <laughs> I got it from a few people. It's pretty cool. Amazing. Now, is it true that you were um, tied to a stake and they had a blindfold over you, and before they burn you, Bill Murray lifted up your blindfold, and <laughs> no one will ever believe you. <laughs> exactly. That's what it would be. The, the eleventh Joan of Arc would be. Would be Bill Murray. Oh, the important person. Yeah. <laughs> you do the Dalai Lama speech from Caddyshack. Yeah. <laughs> and also, of course, since Bill Murray listens to the Shaky Town. Of course, well, we, we would love to have you. Well, I mean, he's, no, he's literally yeah. listening. The he's problem literally is, listening. The problem is he doesn't <laughs> have he doesn't have iTunes. What we have to do is call this eight hundred number and then play play the podcast on his voicemail. Yeah. Only in five minute stretches. Yeah. Hello, you're listening to comedic musician slash musical comedian Eli Braden, and this is the Shaky Town Radio Hour. Piece of shit fucking podcast. <laughs> Shaky Town Radio, more like Shitty Town Radio. More like, huh? More like Shaky Town Gadio. More like Shaky Brown Poopio. <laughs> so we have an actress who is making her way in the acting scene in New York. We have a magician in Los Angeles who, you're, you're well established now at this point, you're, you're doing television also. We, we didn't mention the appearances of Bonnie Hunt Show, Tosh. Um, you're you're going to be on the Today Show. Today Show, yeah. On, uh, it'll, when you, good people are hearing this podcast, go to your <laughs> Friday television listings, January 11th. You will yeah. see Jill Ward on the Today Show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're doing. Um, there's a story on the 50th anniversary of the Magic Castle, so we shot that um, yesterday at the Magic Castle, which was pretty cool. So I'm not sure how they're going to chop it up, but um, but yeah, it should be pretty cool. Yeah, Libby, you've been to the Magic Castle. I have. I was lucky enough. To you go, weren't there that day, but to go a few times. I was not there yesterday when uh, Joel recorded the Today Show um, piece. I went with him for his birthday, and then I went when he. Oh wait, wait, wait! Five. Four, three, two, one. Happy birthday! <laughs> that was back in Yay. September, but thank you. Thank you. Again, in, in geological terms, it was just... Yeah, we're spot on. Your yeah. half birthday's um, coming up. Yes. And then I went to go see him when he was performing at the Magic Castle, which was excellent, um, because I wanted to be able to tell people truthfully that my roommate was amazing, and just being like, he's amazing, I've never seen him do anything, and he can't tie his own bow tie, but he can now. That's right, I just learned. Fun fact. It's pretty cool. He couldn't for a while, he was like, he was working really hard at it, and I was like, this is how I know that he's not a wizard, he's only a magician. Right. Because if he were a wizard, he would just be like... Bowie Tyus yeah. or whatever <laughs> and do it but now now <laughs> you just get a, get a clip on yeah <laughs> but that's not nearly as cool right, right. no it's not cool at all right. no, no, it's, it's pretty, pretty frankly it's the anti-cool um, so yeah so now I can truthfully say that he is amazing and he ties a very dapper bow tie yes and he's a pretty good roommate what I'd like to know about um, being that I come from the world of musicians, although I haven't, I certainly haven't toured, um, but I do know the 
you know, trying to get myself booked locally, you know, in Phoenix and in LA. Um, I would like to know the peculiarities. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I, I will mock you. That's, that's it. It's a, it's a <laughs> first. Carry on. It's New Year. The peculiarities of acting in New York, mm-hmm. of booking gigs in Los Angeles, not as a musician, not as an actor, as a magician. Um, I want to hear about those. those <laughs> as a member of the variety arts. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I the special challenges. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm kind of fortunate that I grew up so close to here, like in San Diego, North County, San Diego. So, you know, I moved from San Diego. Like my first gig was out of San Diego was in Atlantic City at the Tropicana Casino, and that was like. It was like a couple month contract and then when I got done with that I moved up to Lake Tahoe and I started working casinos up there and I had shows at uh, different casinos up there so when I finished you know kind of doing the casino like kind of circuit I set you know base here in Los Angeles so for the first couple years <clears throat> I was driving down to San Diego like every weekend for gigs because all my clients and my whole like business was like built down there so it took quite a few years to kind of get established here in LA and um doing like parties and like you know just word of mouth and referrals but luckily the magic castle has is like a great networking tool and it's also like a great place to showcase so every time I perform there I'll like invite agents or like whoever to like come see it and but then there's also like a lot of other kind of cool spots. There's a place in Hermosa Beach called the Comedy and Magic Club, which is like a big, you know, uh, comedy place. While well, um, Jay Leno's not ruining it. Jay, yeah, Jay Leno's there every Sunday. That's right. Um, so obviously, Jay Leno does not listen to the podcast. No, no. he's busy with his cars, man. Yeah, you were on a show, right? No. Yeah, I did a little spot on the Tonight Show, um, but <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, so yeah, I, I, I just think it's just like it just takes time um, to. <laughs> to kind of get established, a little schmoozing, a little charm. Yeah, I mean, just kind of just being present. I think, like, just being in town and yeah. like going out, not mm-hmm. just staying hidden in your house, but like actually forcing yourself to go out. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, meet people and yeah, you know, I th- I feel like people think LA is like sometimes kind of like a cold place. Like, I don't know, you, you get that stereotype a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, everyone's the, into themselves or, the, the, you know, uh, it's like a bubble. Of, no, the assholes are into themselves. Right. We talked about, actually, this this has come up before on the show when we talked about other aspects of it. And, but I don't think that. Yeah, no, no, case, no, you know? no. But and I, think I heard this keep... great, great quote from uh, Robert Pryor. He's a playwright. Uh, he told me once that, well, it was a conversation I was part of. He said, uh, New York is a series of windows, and Los Angeles is a series of closed doors. Oh wow! As far as ma- like kind of making your way. Well, but but you know, I think maybe that's true professionally because LA is, and maybe that's true in in the acting and comedy worlds. I don't know how it is for magic because I mean, acting is is a business here. I mean, the stuff that we tend to do is artistic and for our own benefit and pleasure. So we, I mean, you have a day job in the entertainment industry, Mm -hmm. but you're doing grunt work, essentially. Elevated grunt work, but grunt work nonetheless. Um, You know, acting is cattle calls and auditions and things like that. But I I think that's all closed doors. But but I think the the quote that I always think of is the... um, 
Woody Allen quote of the 98% of everything is showing up. Right. Mm. Um, Can you say that more like him? 98% of everything is, is showing up. <laughs> um, I like the head bob. Well, you, get, you have to get into the character. But, uh, the, and, and having been doing the, um, the reclusive, I have no time to go out and do things, I can tell you the opposite does not work very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's, it's just, you do have to get out there and, and, you know, hang out. Just, even if you're just hanging out right. among, you know, like-minded folks. And this is my hangout time. You know, this mm-hmm. show is the time that I, I have set aside to absolutely do something. But if you're not out there doing that, I don't think you can go. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Professionally or amateurly. Right. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how's New York, though? I mean, it's got to be a completely different different world out there yeah I mean I would say kind of similarly with um what you're saying about the magic castle I feel like school has given me the networking um uh I've been exposed to a lot of incredible actors at Columbia and at um other schools in the city and I've just met so many people through through school I think if I was just moving there and I had no reason to be there I think it would be harder to meet those people and develop those relationships um there's a lot of fantastic directors and playwrights and stage managers and producers who who go to Columbia who they just they're going places they're so fantastic so it's great to um, get to know them and everything and I think yeah I think it's it's easy to get lost in both places in either LA or New York and you just have to be really proactive I think and put yeah. yourself out there like I know Joel does with his magic and um, a lot of people in New York will move there and and they'll just get discouraged or they'll get distracted by just living and just surviving and making mm-hmm. enough money to pay yeah, for rent yeah and it's hard and I mean you have to survive and everything it, it's really important but I think it's easy to lose sight of what you're there for and so I think it's important to have a, a way to kind of keep yourself on track so yeah showing up is a huge thing and just putting yourself out there and going to cocktail parties with people who have similar interests to you and just going to like free staged readings and going just going to as much theater and surrounding yourself and exposing yourself to other people's work I think is a way to put yourself out there but also kind of maintain your own inspiration like seeing other fellow artists working and doing incredible um, inspired material and I'll be honest at least from the comedy side seeing people do crappy stuff yeah you know it's like it's like wow that got you know that person got a show what you <laughs> yeah. know, I, I'm better than that I can be better than that that sort of thing or mediocre stuff you know it's like it's 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 just as uplifting I think to see someone you know who's you know you can see it's it's obviously not the strength of their work that's getting them you know and, stage yeah. time and also on the flip <clears> side of that it's like I love watching people that are amazing oh yeah yeah, yeah you know no, what no, I mean because then you're just rather. like yeah but, but I mean, for me I love to surround myself with yeah. people like that because then I'm like always striving. I'm like, oh my god, they're amazing. Yeah, I have totally. to do better, and you know, I have to keep. I love to going. watch the people that I think are amazing failing, not failing. I always <laughs> think failing, but like working stuff out. You know, like right. especially you go to UCB um, in LA or in uh, New York, and there are a lot of comics who are just there, like trying out something yeah. that they're going to do later on a Comedy Central stage. But they're like working out their material, and I'm like, that joke sucks. But it's going to be better right. when they do it on Comedy Central. And it's nice to know that like there aren't really people. There might be like three or something in the universe yeah. that just like show just up and they're amazing yeah. like 
from from the start, but um, but it's nice to see that people like who I respect. I don't think have to I'm going I'm gonna I'm gonna say that there aren't that many people at all. There, there's maybe three on this planet that can show up and just do that because I think there's yeah. always a, a, an amount of. I mean, you can do stuff that's funny off the cuff, um, but I don't necessarily think it's consistent. I, right. I, I mean, magic's a completely different animal because that is practice. I mean, it's, it's gymnastics. You have to right. do it a lot over and over again to get everything squared away. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's mechanics that's, of it notwithstanding. Like if you do big, you know, complicated mousetrap kind of Rube Goldberg things, right? But that, yeah, that, that reminds me because music, you know, I can practice here at the house. Uh, I'm sorry, I mean at the studio. Uh, <laughs> I almost broke the illusion there. Uh, <laughs> with with acting, to, it's in, there's in to some sense, you know, you can practice with your lines, maybe a mirror, maybe a friend, read lines with folks. Yeah. Um, with with magic, it's I feel like there's not an opportunity for you to test it in front of other people. Like, it has to be ready. It's really hard, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple ways that, I mean, we practice, you know, in front of a mirror or a video camera and just watch it and see if we have our technique right. And then we'll we'll practice in front of other magicians. So I have, have like, a core group of, like, friends that I really trust um, who I also look really, you know, look up to and stuff. So... I'll be like, hey, what do you think of this? And they're like, oh, why don't you try it this way? Or, hey, why don't you, instead of just doing this, like, why don't you block it this way? Or, you know, palm it this way. Or, Put more magic dust on yeah. it. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of like where we start it. And then we start testing it in front of audiences, you know? So maybe I'll test it at like a free show as opposed to like a huge paying corporate, you know, first. And then just yeah. kind of slowly work it in. Um, it it so. seems like the process, it seems like the process is, is, nigh on identical to, to comedy in a lot of ways mm-hmm. that you know you you have something an idea a concept right either it's deri- you know derived from something another trick or whatever right and you, you embellish it or make it your own um i mean that would be that would be the place where i think it diverges the most is is you know with comedy specifically unless you're the most egregious of plagiarists you know, <laughs> you're supposed to be coming up with things on your own but it seems to me that there's there's you know a core set of you know there's coin magic, bird magic, mm-hmm. bird magic, and all those other stuff, right. and, and there's only so much you can do. And real true innovation yeah. seems, seems to be incremental rather than right. you know. Well, there's only so many things we can do as a magician. We can make something appear or disappear or yeah. levitate or change colors or transform right. or transfer. You know, like so. There's only like you know ten different right. things we can do. But once we learn the skills of like how to palm a coin or yeah. how to manipulate this card or whatever, we can take all of those skills and then just create a trick. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what's the objects, you know? Yeah. And then we kind of reverse engineer and we figure out how to do it. And then we just... It seems to be more like cooking to me I in was, that aspect. I was going to say music. Music too, but, but you know, but... But then I thought, as there is such thing as a, a jazz equivalent in magic. <laughs> See, that's like, the thing. I think I think cooking is I think cooking is a lot more I think cooking is a lot more apt of an analogy because you, you once you learn how to do basic techniques, you can embellish those techniques. That's but if you don't know how to fry it, if you don't know how to fry an yeah. egg or make make scrambled eggs, yeah. you know you need to do that first. Right. Then you can do all kinds of things. With know that. the rules yeah. so you can break yeah. them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And <laughs> it seems to be that's it's terribly rules based. You know, there's there are hard and fast things that you know you, you can do that and like can, you can probably say that in all aspects here I mean, we have yeah. an actor a writer musician comedian magician <coughs> that's i mean kind of all very diverse but i mean you could say that with all yeah, of our totally. works right i think so yeah. i think no i think to to a greater or lesser extent i just think that magic seems to be tied more to that mm-hmm. um because i think you could 
I think everybody fancies themselves a comedian or an actor or a musician. Mm -hmm. Musician's probably the closest related, I think. But everybody thinks, I could do that. You know, I know I can't pick up a guitar and play a guitar. Right. I know yeah. because I have tried with my fat little meat hooks to do, you know, simple coin tricks. It's, it just ain't happening. You know, um, but I think that everybody thinks that they're going to, you know, with a couple there's, beers they can do comedy. Well, there's, there's, I'm, or sing karaoke. Right. It, it reminds me, though, uh, there's one aspect of performance I'd like to know about because as a comedian, you always have to be on. As an actor, you definitely have to, I mean, you're doing your lines. You can, maybe there's room for improv, but you're still in character. Right. Um, a musician, all a musician has to do between songs is make an attempt at a joke. And people will laugh because they're not expecting anything from him Dis or her. Disclaimer, please don't make a yeah, joke. Just, <laughs> just, just play your music. <laughs> how much performance in that aspect as far as what you're saying, what you're, how you're engaging the audience? It's, there's a lot of improv, um, I would say, majority. Because, because it, like, every show, you're going to get a different reaction. Mm -hmm. People watching magic. I mean, that's why I love doing it. Is I'll do a trick and people will always react differently. And... I, I just love that about it. That's so cool. so when people react differently, I mean, you're going to get people who are going to talk back to you. You're going to get those hecklers, you know, like you would in a comedy show or something. So so you get you see so you have to be able to play with that, you know, just throw the ball back and forth. And I think there was a, a little girl in the taping yesterday of the Today Show, and mm -hmm. you know, she kept throwing lines out, you know, but I, I had to kind of. He was keep fantastic. The ball. He was yeah. so quick. He's so sharp in. Yeah, there are other people that would say things or, or Joel would ask a question of the audience that to elicit a response and people would say something and he would just whip something right back at them. And so, yeah, he's very quick with that. Well, and here's something I want to say to promote the Joel Ward show since he's our very special guest. Uh, I feel like in any, any creative profession, you really have to differentiate. And there are a lot of skilled magicians and Joel is definitely skilled. But what I love about watching his show is that like, it's totally the Joel Ward show. Like, he's amazed by everything he does. Like, he totally <laughs> amazes himself. And he's, like, hyper. And he's, like, the San Diego surfer guy. Um, and I know because I live with him that he listens to CNC Music Factory in the shower. And he's got, like, a little bit of, like, a hyper 90s, like, totally pumped up, totally goofy vibe about him. Which makes his show just, like, really enjoyable. And you know that you're watching Joel Ward's show and not just, like, oh, it's a magic show. It was cool. And it's not like a put-on persona or anything. Yeah, it's like right. Very, it's totally it's a very electric, um, genuine personality. Very charming, but happy and like excited to um, to invite people in to go on the journey. I, I want to talk. I want to talk about him like he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Louise. I'll pay you. I'll pay, I'll pay you after the podcast. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's right. I'm not going to pay. Never, I'm not going to pay right You've never met these people. You've never met these people before. <laughs> <laughs> You can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com. You can Twitter us at at shakytownradio. You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Send us an email at shakytownradio at gmail.com or call us on the Shakytown Radio hotline at 626-66-SHAKE. That's 667-4253. That's the same number. Hi, this is Will Stegman. I apologize for everything. And you're listening to the Shakytown Radio Hour. About that, with the skill set, is that you either you either can do a card trick or can play a an instrument, or you can't. Like it's a very specific, yeah. but it's the kind of the personality that comes along with it. Or com like when you do comedy, it's yeah, like totally. anybody can be like, I'm a self proclaimed, you know. But right. it's 
It yeah. takes, it's like very clear the work that goes into yeah. being a musician. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, the, amount of, the amount of effort. I mean, you're, you're well, doing the work. We, we, we had, we've had, uh, like, uh, Janie had a Tom's, uh, yeah. Tompkins. She also went through an MFA program for acting. And I mean, it's like my wife went through her, got her MFA from RISD in photography. And I mean, it's like you put in, you have to put in the hours yeah. if you're going to yeah. do it and do it right, whether it's practice or whether it's. I've, I've been billed sometimes like on podcast appearances or things like that as comedian because I've been part of comedy shows and I've never felt comfortable with it because I'm I'm not a comedian you I didn't put in time you know into the craft you know <laughs> right right yeah so um, I'm gonna start billing myself as retired comedian <laughs> <laughs> Um, that way you don't have to be funny. Yeah, exactly. So they're like surprised. <laughs> like, oh, oh my what, gosh, no, he's what, actually what, funny. Like, yeah, we'll be the comedy equivalent of elder statesman. Yeah. <laughs> a member emeritus. I am. Yes. Um, I want to ask about Joel Ward Productions. That's not mm. just you, but you're also kind of handling yeah, some other that's folks. Like a little aspect. Yeah. Cool. Tell us about that. All right. Um, so. When I was when I was working casinos, um, I was booked for like a year at a time. So I would, you know, be booked for the year. So I would get all these calls throughout the year of like, "Hey, can you do our party? Can you do our corporate event?" So I started Joel Ward Productions as kind of like a side thing, and I just started hooking up all my friends who I thought were talented. And um, over the years, it's kind of like kind of evolved into like a little agency where. You know, I'll hire out my friends, either other magicians or hypnotists or jugglers or DJs. And um, so, yeah, so that's kind of like a cool little like thing. Um, you know, it's still kind of small and kind of like on the side. It's not really like yeah. my main focus. Because it's a whole different set of t- uh, skills for you. It is, to have yeah. To take on and, and set of challenges and tasks. Exactly. But, um, but I kind of like it, you know. I kind of like that aspect of being able to hook up my friends and be able to, you know, showcase good talent, you know? So, as long as the phone keeps ringing, (laughs) uh, you know, I'll try to hook up some friends. Very cool. Yeah. Now, Allison, as you're uh, honing your craft and and doing these performances, what are you looking to on the horizon? What is your kind of plan here? Um, I Well, I'm graduating in May, um, so I'm just going to audition like crazy and go for it and um theater has always been my main emphasis but i'm really excited about uh tv and film as well so i'm just gonna audition like nuts and make make auditioning my job because i think it's easy to see the the performing is the job but Mm -hmm. the auditioning is like 90 percent of the job sometimes so yeah yeah, that's the windows and the doors on both coasts and stuff so um hopefully they won't all be closed um but i think i think there are more open doors than closed doors but um yeah so just getting out there and i'll probably do a a, you know maybe catering on the side or something like that to support myself but yeah just going for it and auditioning like crazy is there a particular show a particular director somebody that's like your your mecca of see if they're in the rolodex we can snl maybe oh i love i love yeah i love i mean i've i grew up watching snl i love it um i love writing sketch comedy i've put together some cabarets at at columbia and have written scenes for my classmates and stuff so i'd love to audition for snl um that'd be fantastic um 
Yeah, I, there's there's so many theater companies all over the U.S. that I love. Um, the Old Globe in San Diego is a huge goal of mine. Um, Ashland, uh, Ashland, Oregon, yeah. Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Um, there's some great theater in Colorado. Um, so you see yourself maybe trying to come back to this part of the country? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to just see what happens. and But I, yeah, those are all my goals. I don't yeah. want to just be stuck in one because New York is definitely like the stage town right whereas I mean there is unless you're playing Ukrainian hooker number four on an SVU episode well no that's (laughs) yes that's not stage acting no I'm saying unless you are right yeah oh 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 because it's filmed in New York correct I forgot. Yeah. I, spend, I, I mix up my franchises, but I guess they're all East Coast based. Well, then they have one here in LA that went. Yeah. yeah. Was that where Alfred Molina was like, I'm a cop. Wait, no, now I'm a detective. Now I'm a judge. Like they kept changing his role around. Now I'm Dr. Octopus. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucked I think he spent most of that show being Dr. Octopus. Okay. Um, so, what are the prospects for, you know, that we are uh, listened to all over the world, all over the universe, but, you know, being a primarily LA based podcast, what, what is your take on the LA play scene, theater scene. I think I think it's great. I think that people think of New York as being just theater and people think of LA as being just media commercial. Right. Um, but I I would have to disagree. I think I mean it seems like New York is being a huge center for TV and film as well. And then as far as LA goes, there's fantastic theater going on, I think, in LA. Um, I saw something at Mark Taper Forum the other, like, two years ago. Um, I've seen stuff at La Jolla Playhouse and South Coast Rep and Old Globe and places like that. Pasadena, so I think, Pasadena Playhouse yeah, has been just going great. for, like, a billion years. There's mm-hmm. a theater scene in North Hollywood. Oh, yeah, and Burbank, too. Yeah. yeah, so... <clears throat> well, I think, I think there's so many... I mean, you know, Hollywood... The, the reason L.A. and Hollywood were the center you know, the, of the movie industry... And to then TV um, is just everything was there. Now everything's digital. You can do it anywhere. I mean, right. how many shows are shot in Vancouver and Post is done down here? You know, you can shoot anywhere. You can go anywhere and do that. So it doesn't matter now. It's yeah. also so the theater is live. It has mm-hmm. to be where you are. So we'll do it live. And we're doing this podcast in your office on the moon. So <laughs> magic. What? <laughs> Illusion. Um, yes. Awesome. So, favorite magician in popular culture, least favorite magician in popular culture. Ooh, favorite magician in popular culture. Um, there's this guy in Japan named Cyril, um, Cyril Takayama. He's huge in Japan and he's amazing. So, mm. probably but favorite. There's magician. a real life magician. I mean, uh, fictional. <laughs> oh, fictional. Fictional magicians. Yes, yes. Fictional. Favorite fictional magician. Least favorite fictional magician. Fictional magician. Like describe, like describe his ideal. I mean, no. I mean, like Harry Potter. We love Harry Potter. We hate Harry Potter's not a so Harry Potter's not a magician. He's a, He's a wizard. wizard. But, oh. but, but we wizard. maybe maybe we. And hate. I am not. By the way, I am not a fan, and I'm not defending. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm not either, so I'm, there, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm just arguing semantics. Yeah. But, but maybe we maybe <laughs> we re- jealous. maybe we re- really re- resent Arrested Development and Joe Belouf. Oh, I love Job. Actually, I, I've um, kind of helped. I'm like a, a little magic consultant for that show. Oh, okay. so so yeah. So I help Job like produce doves and stuff. Yeah, very yeah, nice. Dove well, Wrangler for. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. This, so uh, this yeah, new he's probably original. Yeah, for the new uh, series. That's very coming cool. Out. But um, yeah, he's probably one of my favorite like magician characters to watch because he's so he's such a good actor, but he's so funny and like 
the ma- magic gone wrong to me is the funniest thing. Yeah, <laughs> that, and that character, that character that he plays is, and he, he plays it often and well. Yeah, um, is kind of nice. Okay, so least favorite Harry Potter, favorite Joe. Fair enough. <laughs> so you'd say the real life Brotherhood has a, a good sense of humor about that portrayal then on the show. Oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, they love it. Very I think cool. I think he has a huge cult following. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. Definitely. I'm glad we got to the bottom my, of that. <laughs> <laughs> my least favorite in popular culture and and most favorite are both Penn and Teller. Oh, least favorite and, and favorite. And most favorite. <laughs> Penn and Teller. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I liked Blackstone. I, I saw him on Reading Rainbow. Uh, Reading Reading Rainbow. Yeah. In real life, in real life, uh, well, because Penn and Teller were in. Penn and Teller get killed. Yes. That fictionalized versions of themselves. So in real life. And I love Penn and Teller. They're great. They're we'll talk about it. See, not to bring it back to Patter, but yeah. it's all their show is entirely about Patter. It's I mean they have great so they have good. great their act is great too, but yeah. it's, it's, it's all yeah, yeah it's a so I can, that's the show every time I'm in Vegas, I if I, if I can I go see that show. Yeah, that's one of it's my favorite magic <clears> show yeah. in yeah. Vegas, definitely. So Joel, since you have the cards out, and uh, you know, and so we can taunt the viewers at home, would you be Ooh. willing, willing to do a little card magic so that we can make fun of everyone? <laughs> so everyone can hear. <laughs> so everyone can hear the most. We un- can glow. Okay. All right, everyone at home, look at the cards. Oh, wait. You can't. Okay. Um, here, let's do this. Here, um, here. How about, how about Brody? Okay. Do you, do you mind choosing a card? Okay. Yeah. Reach right. in there. Here, pull out a card. Doesn't matter. Um, as you can cool. all see, this is a regular okay. deck. Oh, here, take a look at it. Here, why don't you tell everyone what the card is? It doesn't matter if I know it, because okay. I'm gonna just, I know it's the Ace of Clubs anyway. So um, <laughs> He's right. Oh, okay, good. All right, so you chose the Ace of Clubs. Okay. Yes. But they're not all Ace of Clubs, right? So, no, right? That's, that's they're all different. Okay. Okay. All right, so that was a trick. Um, <laughs> maybe not a great what? trick. but That's a great trick. No, but, that, again, fundamentals, man. That was, that, okay, so here, yeah. let's take the, the King of Hearts, okay? Here, okay. do me a favor. Hold out your hand flat. I'm going to give you the King of Hearts. Okay. And um, here, Libby, why don't you place so your... So Jean has the King of Hearts. Yeah, so, so Jean has uh, the King of Hearts on his palm, mm-hmm. and Libby has her hand on Super top posed. of the King of Hearts. Okay, now we're going to yeah. take Brody's, the Ace of Clubs. We're going to okay. take Brody's card. Okay, so if I wave the Ace of Clubs over Libby's hand, mm-hmm. see how it just transforms into the King of Hearts. So now I'm holding the King of Hearts. What's inside your guys' hands? I'm going to... Bet money that it's the Ace of Take a look. Let's look at it. Oh, what? What? It transformed. Magic. <laughs> Magic. Uh, yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. That was amazing. So That's I hope you guys were able to see that at home. That was not. Yeah. yeah. I will, you know, here, let's, 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 let's no, no trickery was involved. You'll see I'll a, a picture. picture. It was an actual Ace of Clubs. <laughs> yeah. This, this will be proof yeah, positive. Taking a picture of the Ace of Clubs. Also, uh, <laughs> Blurry team. Yeah. We're very similar team. <laughs> great, great motorhead song. Blurry two or Ace of Clubs. Ace of Clubs. That was the, the they were, that was clubs. the working title. Yeah. Was that motorhead song? Proof positive. Ace of Spades. Ace of Spades. Okay. Yes. I thought that oh, was. Uh, there's got to be a magician. That, there's got to be a magician that. that no. Kicks. Sting. 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 Didn't he do like? Oh, the Queen of Hearts, right? Uh, yeah. The uh, Sting. No, but it was that. Shape of my heart. Shape of my heart. The song that opened up the episode was New, Anthem for America's Disenfranchised. That was by the band Hickey, fronted by the late Maddie Love. M-A-T-T-Y-L-U-V dot com. That's where you want to go to check out his discography. Uh, The other creative force driving that band was Aesop Decker. He was the drummer, and at any given moment, he is drumming for some awesome band. 
Uh, you should follow him on Twitter at Aesop Decker. That's A E S O P D E K K E R. Uh, he also curates a great blog called Cosmic Hearse. You can find it at cosmichearse.blogspot.com. Uh, he'll turn you on to any one of a number of awesome bands, uh, hard to find in out-of-print recordings. Uh, another song you heard today was The Year of No Light. I ho- I'm hoping you're seeing a pattern here between the song titles. Uh, that band, a three-mile pilot from their great album Another Desert or Another Sea. Uh, you can find out more about them at temporaryresidence.com slash artists slash three-mile pilot. And the song you're listening to right now is called Magic Scepter. And this is by the band The Straight Arrows. You can find them on Bandcamp at straightarrows.bandcamp.com. You can buy their merchandise at straightarrows.bigcartel.com. And they're on Twitter at Straight Arrows with a Z. So if people want to see more Joel Ward Magic uh, off the radio, joelwardmagic.com. Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, or you can follow me on Twitter, at Joel Ward. Um, yeah. Very cool. Joel Ward, is it at Joel Ward Magic? Or at Joel or, no, it's just the Twitter handle is at Joel Ward. J-O-E-L-W-A-R-D. No relation. Check out the Today Show on Friday. You got it. This Friday. Yeah. NBC. NBC. Is it in the morning? Yeah. yeah. We have a, DVR it. <coughs> sleep in. We have, watch we have it a, later. We have a question from, from Mike Rylander. Oh, we do. Let me just find this? out really quick. Allison, anywhere uh, on the web that we can find you? Oh, um, you can go on the Columbia website. Um, I have some photos and uh, real things on there. Um, okay. And yeah, we have a we have a showcase in LA and New York in April. Awesome. So yeah, yeah. Lots, lots going on there. Well, let's know when yeah, remind us. We'll, um, where that is. we'll link to that and post that all on uh, shakytownradio.com. And when awesome. and where does uh, Macbeth open? Um, Macbeth, Macbeth the Scottish is in in, uh, oh yeah, Big Mac, um, yeah. Yeah. extra cheese. Um, it is uh, in March. Yeah, at Classic Stage Company in New York City. So if anyone at home Flying is not going to be at home, and is it going to be in uh, New York? Or their home is already in New York. Oh, maybe this is a podcast. Oh my gosh, you can listen to it anywhere. <laughs> listen to it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Maybe maybe people are listening to it as they drive across country and move to New York. Yeah. Now, Libby, what do you have going on um, in the next coming weeks? We've been discussing how I forgot about the end of World War II, and I didn't know Ringling and Barnum and Bailey uh, merged in 1919. Mm-hmm. I just started an additional Twitter handle besides at Sneaky Varmint, which is my usual handle, uh, at Too Late Jokes, where you can find topical two-liners that happened in the past, so far in the past that they're no longer topical. Here you go. Uh, and Jean's going to help me out with that, I hope, and maybe Brody will help me out with that as, as people have Is my time. eye roll audible on that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's all it's your um, tonight, uh, which is going to be too late for everybody else, but also on the 19th, on Saturday night at 11.30 at I.O., The Untold Story of Indie Rock an outstanding rock and roll musical comedy show that I manage so everybody should come see that yes and, you managed uh, yeah, I just I just managed to do it <laughs> um, no I got involved with the show um, my my good friend Brett Duggan wrote it and uh, the performers are all excellent I know Brett Duggan <laughs> what because you're coming to the show tonight this is That's amazing what I know about okay because I was like awesome. this sounds so familiar. if you guys would have seen I've, I, I've, I've, I've seen I've seen 
yeah. children getting the present that they wanted from Santa less happy and excited than the face just Alice. <laughs> yeah, Allison's excited. I do magic tricks. She doesn't even make that. There is almost nothing nothing worse than having your significant Brett other. Rogan. Dear listeners. Girlfriends in love with you. Yeah, so everybody come see that show because it's awesome. Yeah, I got involved with just polishing up the the script and doing tech and just helping out because it's uh, it's a lot of work for somebody to perform and direct and manage so uh, so I took on the management role because it's a great show very cool why not yeah and you will be able to see Gene George and I in person at Los Angeles Zine Fest in February as there will be a Shaky Town Radio Gene Cable I'm getting to you <laughs> oh, okay uh, and uh, also Fair Dig, it'll be, uh, which is my thing. Um, we're going to talk more about that in the next couple of weeks, Fair Dig being my zine. Um, and you can find me at Fair underscore Dig, because somebody's spell, the other one. Don't spell the underscore. <laughs> at uh, um, Twitter and all what a, the... What a crappy Twitter. FairDig.com, all those things to find out more about that. I'll actually be moderating a panel called The Zine Table at Hop Pop... Pop Pop... Excuse pop me. on pop. Pop in Highland Park. Uh, more on that uh, as we get closer to that. Libby will be at the table, of course. The yeah. Zine, LA Hello? Zine Fest. She's going to be our eye candy. She's going to be a... Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I had no idea. That was, that was my role. <laughs> you're going to have unemployed ninja. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will have... I might have something. I don't graphic, know yet. Gene's going to have something. Graphic novel, unemployed ninja. Gene might have something. I'm going to float some ideas. Uh, Bob Schreiner, uh, maybe something. He'll be our eye candy. Uh, uh, so yes, yeah, I'm pa- passing the eye candy torch to Bob Schreiner. <laughs> so with that, Gene, you have a question. For oh yeah, so uh, Mike Rylander asks, uh, if I get high with uh, Bieber, will my wife make love to me again? If you get high with Bieber, mm-hmm. if I get high with Bieber, mm-hmm. will my wife make love to me again? Wow. I think we should let uh, Joel and Allison take this one. Well, we think certainly takes that. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think getting high with Justin Bieber is gonna make your wife sleep at the end. I would say you could watch that movie about Justin Bieber and get high, and then like turn on some I romantic think probably have Bieber to music, okay. and then work your moves. What's funny about this is that you all took it as uh, to me. Uh, <laughs> she he he wants to smoke with Bieber to impress her, <laughs> to get her to sleep with him. That's what I thought. Whereas yeah. I thought that they already had a healthy sexual relationship. And now he wants to smoke with Bieber, and he's afraid of jeopardizing that. Oh, wow. Mm. Interesting. Oh, see, and I was wondering if he got high with his wife, if then Bieber might sleep with him. Right. Uh, I, well, I, I think <laughs> the answer... My answer to the question is, will you ever want to make love to your wife after you get high with, high Justin. with Justin Bieber? I think wow. there's no going back once you go Bieber. Once you, once you, get you, go, once you get Bieber. Bieber. <laughs> once you yeah. go Bieber. So I would say... I don't know, man. He's legal he now, tough. right? Justin Bieber? Yeah. yeah, hope so. I don't have my Bieber watch app. So on my all I can say is, if you get high with Justin Bieber, just be very, very careful of the paparazzi and don't, you know. Yeah, I was actually flipping through a notebook yesterday and and noticed that I'd written down that Justin Bieber fans are called believers. Oh yeah, that's terrible. Do you don't believe? stop. That's the worst thing. That's the worst. It's kind of the worst. Yeah. Justin yeah. Bieber, get it together. I guess they could be called Hitler Youth. That would probably be the only thing we worse. Or HJ. Yeah. <laughs> that might be a little, little worse. Little. So I want to thank Joel and Allison thanks. for coming. Thank show. Yeah, so thanks for fun. coming, guys. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us. It was amazing. You know, yeah. Good magic is good. 
Good magic is really good. And um, <laughs> until the next time I score crack with Selena Gomez, I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I'm Libby Ward. I'm Gene George. And we're out. <laughs> <laughs> All right.